Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Just about every year, we'll go on a family vacation with, uh, with Rhonda's family, which consists of her sister and her brother-in-law, and usually Rhonda and I, her parents, and then uh, Caitlin or Tyler will go with us. We've done this for years, but every time that we go, she and her sister will go to a local Target or Walmart or something, and they will get a puzzle, a 500 to 1,000 piece puzzle. And they will work on that puzzle the whole week that we're on vacation. And they would put that puzzle together. And you know what? They asked me, Jeff, you want to help us? No. <laughs> I have no interest in putting together a puzzle. You say, Jeff, how can you be so cold about something like that? It's useless. <laughs> By that, when, well, I tell you what happens. They put the puzzle together. We see the whole picture, which I've been looking at the box. I've seen the picture before they put it together. <laughs> <laughs> they put the puzzle together and then at the end of the week we get ready to go home they just get in and break it all back up and put it in the box I'm like you did all that work and it was worthless useless why you know well it's for the I'm like well whatever you know but I'm not doing it because to me it's just not worth it to just go right back in the box there's some things in our life that are worth it though amen like our 21 days of prayer was worth it. It was worth it. And we're, we're beginning to see. And if, you had, and if you've had prayer answered in your life in the last couple of weeks, we want to know. Please let us know. Right, matter of fact, right on the back of your connection card, God answered a prayer. So we want to celebrate that. But what I want to tell you is this, is that when it, comes, when it comes to loving your family, it's always worth it. When it comes, let me say it again. When it comes to loving your family, it's always worth it. Let me say it one more time. When it comes to loving your family, it's always worth it. Okay, thank you very much. I think some of you are like, you don't know my family. <laughs> Heck no, you don't. Uh-uh. <laughs> I can just sense it in the room. There's tension. That's why I'm having to teach on this. Remember, we're in this series, and we're, today's the last message, and it's called, you know, what every family goes through it. So today, my, I have a challenge ahead of me, and that is, I want to teach you on how to love your family, okay? Because I felt it in the room. As soon as I said, you know, it's worth it. Some of you, you didn't say amen. You say, no, you say, I ain't talking to me. I ain't talking to me. <laughs> love is work, everybody, but it's always worth it. It's always... Just think, when Jesus went to the cross, it was love that took him to the cross. And he was on the cross. It was that love of God that we saw. And he said, Father, forgive them. What he was saying was, God, it's worth it. Amen? It's worth it. Love is always worth it. And so today as I talk to you, I want to give you four things today that I think will help you. They're going to be very, very practical and uh, very, very challenging at the same time. And if you apply, if you apply, 
your life can change. Your family's tree can change. That's what I'm trying to say. So you don't have to keep passing on that bad spirit. You, you, you don't have to keep passing on that negative attitude. You don't have to keep passing on those, those family habits that, that you have that you've called a family curse or no more than a family habit. Amen, amen everybody? So you don't have to keep passing on. So here we go. Let's get started. How to love family. I have no clue. Number one is stop trying to change them. <laughs> it's already started off with woo. It's going to get worse, I can tell you. <laughs> Colossians 13 and 4 says this. Or Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 13 4. This is a passage that we read at weddings, and, and this is what it says. Love is what, everybody? Patience. We can just stop right there. I told you love is work, right? Love is, he starts off with that. The big one, love is patient. That hits me right in the mouth. I don't know how it hits you. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. So what he's saying is this, is that let's look at the word patient. Love is patient. You know, what is impatience? I get impatient. You get impatient when I want someone to do something and they don't do it when I ask them to do it, right? They, you say, okay, I need you to do this. We get impatient with people when they don't do what we want to do when we want it to, them to do it. And so we get impatient. So really, if you just want to boil it down, if you want to get to the root of it, what is impatient? Selfishness. In other words, I want what I want when I want it, so give it to me now. If you don't, you know, I'm going to be ticked off at you. And so really, impatience is selfishness. And when you put it into that kind of light, it changes everything. The problem that we have is that, you know, we, we, people that we meet, especially in our, the people that we grow up with in our family and, and even our spouses, is that there's 80% of them that we just love. Oh, we just, oh, they, oh, we love so much. But there's that 20%. Ooh. Yes, that 20%, like, oh, Man, if they just wouldn't be like that, that 20%, right? Like, listen, we're all different. Rhonda and I grew up in two totally different homes, okay? My home was very extroverted, very loud. I mean, you know, uh, if we had an issue, we just fought it out, okay? We just like, we yell at each other, like, and all that kind of stuff. We just, you know, we, that's the way we handle business. And, and, you know, uh, like if we were driving by your house and we, we just decided we wanted to stop and we just pull our car in your driveway. We wouldn't call you and say, hey, we're coming over and can we come over? No, we just show up. <laughs> what you have for dinner? <laughs> we're here. <laughs> Rhonda's side of the family, no. They're very quiet and reserved. I've never heard them raise their voice at anybody at any time. Never, ever, ever. The worst I ever heard her dad say to her mom when he was mad at her was, mm. that's it. <laughs> that's it. Mm. That was it. But no, 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 no. You know, so Rhonda and I, you know, like we dated four years and like, I don't know why, but you don't see this stuff when you're dating. Then we moved, you know, got married and we moved in together and all of a sudden, I'm like, I got to help her. <clears throat> I got to help her, you know? And so, you know, I would try to teach her how to, you know, just pop in on somebody, you know, just pull your car in her driveway. And she would panic. What are we doing? I said, we're going to go see someone. They didn't invite us. Did you call? No, no, we're going to go see them. Though. Oh, no. 
what's wrong with you? I'm like, what's wrong with you? And then when it comes to arguing, you know, she didn't know how to argue. I would be like, let me tell you, Rhonda, blah, blah, blah. She'd go, mm. <laughs> how do you argue with, mm? <laughs> so I'm telling you, for the first 10 years of our marriage, I spent trying to change that 20%. Because let me tell you something. I thought after 10 years, something's wrong with her. Because everybody I knew was like me in my family. It was like me. And I'm telling you, after 10 years, she thought, dear God, I've got an alien. <laughs> and, and we were miserable, just miserable, because I was focusing on the 20%. And let me tell you something. When I kept trying to change that in her, it began to close her spirit. And our marriage was in trouble. But when I realized that, listen, we are different people. And, and, and that 20% today has not changed. I'm and that 20% toward me, and she, there's that, I have, shoot, I got about 50% she wish she could change, I'm telling you. <laughs> if it hasn't changed, what I'm saying, you have to learn and say, this is the way it is. And quit focusing on that 20% and focus on the 80%. Amen, everybody? So maybe your family gets better if you'll let go of the 20% that you're never going to change and you can't change it anyways. And you just got to say, okay, God, that's who they are. And let's just look at the 80% that I love about them. Amen. Focus on that. Stop trying to change them. Let me just say, when it comes to family, when it comes to loving your family, it's always worth it. It's always worth it. The second thing, let's go. Let's just get a little deeper here. Let's just go real big. All right. Number two is fight right. Because you're going to fight, right? Everybody's going to fight. You're going to have those verbal confrontations or, you know, the silent treat, whatever you do, okay, you're going to have those. And so I want to give you three things in this area to help you because I've learned it, it works. Number, letter A is this, is guard your mouth. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the first thing, the first thing when a boxer gets into the ring, you'll notice where he puts his gloves, right here. He's guarding his mouth, Right? Garnet smell. I almost got beat up about a year ago at the gym. Yeah, I almost, I'm serious, I almost got beat up. There's a guy over there who's wailing. He got this punching bag. He's wailing at it. And just, I just happened, it was on that weekend, saw a rerun of Rocky. You know? And so the guy over there wailing, this punching bag. He gets away. He's, he's pumped up. But he's, he's walking by me. I said, hey, man, don't mess with me. I just watched Rocky this weekend. He said, I ain't messing with nobody. I said, well, bro, hey, hey, I was just, I'm just joking, you know. I'm a little man. <laughs> don't beat me up. Don't, don't beat me up. Someone asked me, he said, why do you run so much, Pastor? I said, because I'm a little man with a big mouth. You got to run. <laughs> Look what the Bible says. Here we go. Here we go. This is God's word. This is wisdom right here. It is. It's life changer. Here it is. A person of knowledge uses words with what? Restraint. Restraint. An understanding person remains calm. What is he saying? He's saying just because it comes through your mind does not mean it's divine. Amen. Just because you think it's your, just because that thought comes to your mind when you're about to say something to somebody, it does not mean it is ordained of God and that you should say it. Matter of fact, he said a, a person of knowledge uses words with restraint, holds it back. You don't have to say it just because you think it, even if you feel like it's right. You don't have to say it. Amen, everybody? Your life will get better if you use that restraint. 
you use that restraint. We have to go to that theologian, that great theologian, Kenny Rogers, who said, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them, right? Know when to walk away. Know when to run. That's right. Let's don't start counting the money. All right, here. Number, the letter C is this. Letter C, or B, there B, that's right. I'm trying to get ahead of you. Oh, I don't want to skip this one. Attack the problem and not the person. Attack the problem, not the person. Ephesians 4.15 says, by speaking, by speaking the truth in the spirit of what, everybody? Love. Love. Here we go. We must what? Grow Grow up. Oh, there's a lot of people get older, but they don't grow up. Mm-mm. A lot of people get older. They don't ever grow up. Grow up in every way to Christ. So what I'm trying to, what he's saying here is, is that most people fight over little things. I can tell you after being the pastor of this church for over 26 years, that people get divorced over little things. Because the little things, they never talk about the big things. See, they really need to be talking about the big thing, but they don't ever talk about the big thing because they're so hung up on the little things. So it's like this. You know, maybe, maybe a, a guy's upset at his wife. He's really, he's like aggravated at her. And, it, and, and he's like, you know what, honey, I'm mad at you. Or, you know, because you've been off with your BFFs. Well, it wasn't because he was off with his B, her BFF that he was really mad about. It was the night before that he felt romantic and she said not tonight. And he's upset about it, but it's because the BFFs right now. Oh, okay, nobody wants to move in a room on that one. <laughs> ladies, 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 it's not, it's, you, you're mad at him and you're mad, you know, like the, you're mad at him because he won't mow the grass. But really the grass is not the issue. The issue is that he forgot your anniversary. That's the real issue. See what I'm talking about? So we don't talk about the big thing. And because we don't talk about the big thing, we're always talking about the little things and the little things. And we just keep yeah, 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 nagging each other about the little things. And if we just speak the truth and love, say the real issue is this. And as long as you're fussing about the little things, you can never get to the big things. If you never get to the big things, you can never move on in your marriage or your relationships. Amen. And it's not just marriage. It's about every relationship. With our children, with our parents, with our coworkers, it's the we need to talk about the big things. Speak the truth in love. And so, I have this line for you, and I have it on your card. I hope that you will check the box. It says, "I will do my best to attack the problem and not the person." Attacking the problem and not the person, everybody. What is the real problem? Speak the truth. What is the real issue? What What are we not saying that we want to say? And until you do that, it's never going to get better. It's never going to get better. Now, letter C. Here we go. Don't drag the past problem into your present problem. Yeah. Did you hear? The couple went to counseling. Did you hear about it? They went to counseling. And the first thing, the counselor said, okay, let's just talk about it. What, what's going on here? He, and, the, and the husband spoke up and said, I'll tell you exactly what's going on in our home. He said, what's that? He said, I'll tell you, every time my wife gets mad, she gets hysterical. She gets historical. He said, wait a minute. No, no, no. I think you mean hysterical. He said, no, no, no. Historical. She brings up everything from the past. Thank you for you ladies laughing at it. Everybody else is going to get it tonight at midnight. Bringing up the past. Let me just say this to you. If you keep opening up the wound, it can never heal. 
Who would ever have surgery and go and say, okay, well, I got my stitches in or my staples in or whatever, and now it's all here. They've taken the staples out, but I think I'll just go cut that open again and expect it to get better. You would never expect it to get better. Matter of fact, it'd just get worse. It'd start getting infected, and you pull along, you'd lose your arm. And see, some, some of you are losing your heart for one another because you keep opening up old wounds. There's sometimes when they say, I'm sorry, please forgive me, that you've got to quit bringing it up. Amen? And, and part of forgiveness is not forgetting, but it's stop. You just quit bringing it up. And if you want to get over it, it's hard to get over an issue that you keep talking about. You, you, if you keep talking about it, how are you going to get over it? Amen. I mean, talk about it to them. Talk about it to a counselor. Get it out. Yeah, you need to get it out. But once you get it out, let it go. And the way you let it go is quit talking about it. Amen. Oh, my goodness. This is life-changing stuff. How do I love my family? And let me just tell you this. Loving your family is always worth it. It's work. It's always worth it. How to love your family, number three is this. Number three is forgive often. Forgive often. I'm not going to say a lot about this because I did a whole message on this about three weeks ago. So you can go back and, and uh, watch that or listen to that. But I do want to say a few things here. Colossians 3 and 13 again says this, bear with each other. That means that you're going to be a pain to somebody one day. And they're going to need to bear with you and they're going to be a pain to you one day. And you're going to need to bear with them. Amen? Amen. Go get you a bear aspirin. <laughs> Maybe we need a pill bottle that says, okay, whenever, when somebody around me give me a problem, I just need to take one of these, a bear aspirin, right? Just bear, remind me to bear with them. Bear with each other and forgive each other. If someone does wrong to you, forgive that person because what? The Lord forgave, the Lord forgave you. What I want you to understand is this, is unforgiveness causes bitterness. Unforgiveness causes bitterness and bitterness causes brokenness. The unforgiveness causes bitterness and bitterness causes brokenness. And you can never have betterness if you have bitterness. You say, Pastor, that's not a word. It's my word. <laughs> betterness is my word because I decided I want to get be I wanted betterness. I didn't want bitterness anymore. And so we have to learn to forgive everybody. And this is where I would challenge you. And you can never give what you do not have. If you have never received forgiveness, you can never, you can never give forgiveness. And any time that I say, how can I forgive them? I'm reminded that I've asked Jesus to forgive me of every wrong in my life. And there's been a lot of wrongs in my life. And he's forgiven me of every one of them so I can walk in his forgiveness. And because I, I've been forgiven by him, nobody has done to me anything worse than what I did to Jesus. So I can forgive. He's forgave me so I can forgive them. And right now, right now, those that are watching in this room is right now, if you do not have Jesus Christ's forgiveness, you need it. And, and you need it in the way you say, how can I get it? You just ask for it. And you ask for it from your heart. And so I want to give you that opportunity because nobody should walk out of this room today. With everything that's going on in our world today, you need Jesus, friend. You need Jesus. You need him. You need that peace that no matter what, no matter what, I know in whom I believed. Amen? You need that Jesus. And so I want to stop right now and I want to pray. And if that's you in the room or watching online, why don't you just pray this prayer with me in your heart? Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I, I've done wrong. 
Everything you said to do, I did the opposite. Forgive me for that. I need you to come into my life, and I need you to save me. Be my Savior, Lord. Be my peace and be my guide. Help me to do your will, Jesus. Amen. Amen, everybody. Can we give God a hand for those just to receive Christ? If you're in the room, if you made that, if you prayed that prayer, if you're in the room, why don't you check this box on your card? I pray the prayer to become a Christ follower online as well. You can check the box on the digital connection card from our app. Let me just tell you something. The next step is baptism after you check that box. And let me tell you, we, I, there's a goal that Tony and I did not share with you. Every year we've had a goal to baptize 100 people. We have never baptized 100 people in the history of our church. I want you to know that we baptized 90 people already this year. Can you say praise God for that? 90 people. And so why don't you just go ahead and get baptized and help us to get over that 100, amen? I told our staff, I said, we're going to get that 100. I said, matter of fact, we may have to baptize each other. <laughs> Come on, let's do it. Let's celebrate what God's doing, Amen. Isn't that amazing miracle? Isn't that amazing? God is saving more people in this, in this season. And we look around and say, what's going on in the world? God's working. God's working. Amen, everybody? He's working. He's working. Remember this. When it comes to loving my family, when it comes to you loving your family, it's worth it. It's work, but it's worth it. The fourth thing I want to share with you is this, is that it, the fourth thing we need is to express gratitude. Yep. Express gratitude. I think, there, I think in this room, and I think the people that are watching now, I think that there's people in this room that are so thankful for people in their family. I, I, think, that, I think there's some of you that you drive down the road and, and you're thinking about how good, you know, it is to be the parent of your children. I think some of you are thinking about how great it is that you've got good parents. I think some of you are thinking, you know, how great it is to have you got a great spouse. And I think there's a lot of people in this room that's never said it. You see, because unexpressed gratitude is ingratitude. If you don't ever say it, and listen, as a pastor, this, as a, a pastor, I, I preside over many funerals. And I can tell you, I watch people go buy caskets all the time and they'll just about crawl into the casket telling their, their loved one how much they loved them and, they, and they're just bawling their eyes out. And I'm standing over there saying, why didn't you say it while they were living? Why, 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 why? There, there, would have been, there was this tension between this pastor. There, there was this tension and when I never said it. Well, why, say, why not go ahead and say it now if they're living, say it now. You know, if you're thankful, just tell them. If you love them, just tell them. You listen, just say, I appreciate you. Listen, when you do that, be ready to call 911 because some people are going to pass out. <laughs> tell, tell the people, tell your, tell your parents, listen. You say, well, you just don't know. Well, no, listen, they did something right. You're here. Just tell them, listen, I appreciate you. Why don't you tell your children, I appreciate you. Tell your spouse, I appreciate you. I just want you to know, I appreciate, not love you, bye. No, I want to look you in the eye and tell you, I appreciate you. Amen? Tell them, we got to know, we got to say it, everybody. 
You see, when we begin to express our gratitude to God, it's amazing how gratitude begins to flow. When we say, God, I'm thankful to you, then it's easier to tell someone else how thankful you are for them. You see what I'm talking about? That's why, I pray. That's why the psalmist is always talking about praising God. Why? Because when you're expressing gratitude to God, it just seems it flows out of you to other people. And when, when a person, listen, when you are grateful for the people in your life, it changes things. You say, well, they know how I feel. You know, I met a dumb guy one time, a dumb guy. If you look up the word dumb, you'd find this picture in the dictionary. He was dumb. Well, Pastor, I told my wife, I love her when I sit, when we got married. If it ever changed my mind, I'd let her know. I just want to take my nine and a half here. That is about the dumbest thing you could ever say. No, no, no. You need to say it often. I appreciate you. If you want your relationships to go up, just be, quit dwelling on all the bad things, the nitpicking, the 20%. Let go of the 20 and just say, I appreciate you. Hey, man, listen, you closed the door when you went to the bathroom. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory, you let the toilet lid down. Oh, hallelujah. I appreciate you. This is something that's going to be robbed. And, and Daniel tells us this. This is the devil's plan. Look what it says. In Daniel 7.25, talking about the evil one, said, And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and he shall wear out the saints. Why don't you circle that? He shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws. The spirit of the end time, the spirit of the Antichrist is that. It's to wear you out with negativity. Isn't it amazing how the church is being beat up right now? Everybody's saying, oh, well, you, you know, that's just dating. You can't believe that. The Bible doesn't say that. You shouldn't do that. No, no, no. They try to wear us out. They're trying to wear you down. Trying to wear you down. And that's the goal of the devil is where all the, the news. It's amazing how that you get, you get news 24-7. What's the goal? To wear you down. To scare you to death. To feel like you, you can't do anything. That you're going, you know, the next, you may die any moment. Where are you out? But the psalmist had an answer. David, when he became king, he wanted people to know that we're not going to let negativity wear us out. But there's something that gives us strength. When the world tries to wear us out with negativity and complaining, is that when we begin to give praise back to God, He fills our tank. Amen? Amen. When we realize where our help comes from, <laughs> our, our help doesn't come from any government. Amen? It doesn't come from, it comes from the Lord. Yes. And so David, as he became king, he, he began to watch people enter the, the area where his uh, palace, he's seen people, how they started entering. He said, this is where we're going to enter God's house. Louis says in, Psalm, in uh, Psalms 100, he said this, he says, shout for, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with songs, with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. He, it is he who made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pastures. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, in his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Would you read those next five words? Let's read them. For the Lord is good. Let's say it again. For the Lord is good. Say it again. For the Lord is good. And his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues throughout all generations. 
God's still good, everybody. When I was, uh, after I became a Christian, I was 15 years old. To say that my life had been toxy-turvy before then was an understatement. I was on the track of destruction, just like many people in my family had been. And God saved me. And when he saved me, I don't know, but I just sort of had this yearning to, I wanted to know more. I didn't know a lot about the Bible. And I found a radio station, uh, 91.5. And it was a Christian radio station that at nine o'clock, this pastor would come on. His name was Dr. Paul Walker, pastor of Mount Perrin Church of God. This guy could, man, he could preach. I mean, when he began to preach, I mean, it just drew me in. I, I, I would just turn in that station and lean in every time he said it just pierced my heart and when he got excited he'd be preaching loud you know you know there's a difference between preaching and teaching right teaching is telling it and preaching is yelling it <laughs> so I'm a preacher <laughs> but he'd get in and he'd say amen amen and amen boy when he said that he was like wow I thought man this guy is awesome I eventually got to meet him, got to serve on some boards with him. But he told the story that has forever set in my heart to remind me of the goodness of God. <clears throat> he had two sons. One was named Paul Dana, his oldest son. His other son was named Mark. Paul Dana was, was his, his son. He did so well. He excelled through high school. He excelled in college, went to Lee University. And he was an athlete. He, he like helped set records on their basketball team for the most points scored. He, he played baseball. He was a pitcher. He was, he was it. He did great all through college. And he was a preacher of the gospel. And he could preach like his father. And that man, he was just, he was turning the world upside down. And he went to one of his college uh, alumni games. And there they were celebrating what he had all done. And he had his new wife with him. And they were, they were just enjoying the moment. And they got in the car and they left. And they were talking about the great night they had. And, and what, a, what a wonderful experience they had had. And, and they were hit by a drunk driver. And Paul Dana that night died. It was Thanksgiving. And I remember Paul Walker, his dad, telling the story how that it was Thanksgiving week. And here his son, who had had all this potential, who was doing all the right things, checking all the boxes spiritually. I mean, why would, no, why would that happen? Why would God allow this to happen? And through Thanksgiving, instead of thanking God for the blessings, they were burying his son. And he said, did that moment come to where they stand at the cemetery and everybody's sort of standing there and the, if the last words have been spoken, the casket is there. And his wife, Carmelita, who was so broken because her son, nothing could comfort her. She lost her son. At that moment, she began to sing, God is so good. God is so good. God is so 
good he's so good to me come on sing that with me come God is so good God is so good God is so good he's so good to me hi this is pastor Jeff again I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.